you're listening to How to Stan. For more information about the show, as well as my other podcast, 17 Karat K-Pop, and how you can support both of them, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com backslash how hyphen to hyphen stan dot html. Enjoy the show! Hi everybody, we're going to pick up exactly where we left off in this series of episodes, like there was no break. So no intro, just enjoy the show. June 28th, a Twitter feud starts between Elon Musk and an artist from Colorado who claims Musk stole his design, which is a picture of a unicorn whose farts are fueling the electric car. Musk tweeted, quote, We didn't steal his mug crayon drawing of a farting unicorn. We didn't benefit from it, we don't want it, and we still offered to pay for it, unquote. That July, Musk got into a Twitter feud with Vernon Unsworth, a British cave diver who had explored this particular area of Thailand for the past six years, so he helped advise the rescue team as they saved a youth soccer team trapped in a cave in Thailand. Musk offered to save the day during that rescue effort by having his engineers build Wild Boar, the name of a mini-submarine pod named after the youth soccer team they were going to save, basically a 5-foot-long, 12-inch-wide tube with manual propellers. It was created in 8 hours, and he had it personally delivered to Thailand. But by the time it got there, 8 of the 12 soccer players had already been rescued, so the Thai authorities ultimately decided not to use it. Vernon Unsworth was interviewed by CNN, where he called Musk's efforts to help all PR, saying Musk, quote, had no conception of what the cave passage was like, unquote, and he said he can, quote, stick his submarine where it hurts, unquote. Musk then took to Twitter to call Unsworth, without any evidence, a pedo guy. He later deleted and apologized for that. He only apologized, though, after the threat of legal action was made public, and he also responded to another critic of his attempts to aid the rescue by saying, quote, Stay tuned, Jack ASS. Elon would later get a special honor from the King of Thailand anyway. August 7th, 2018, Elon tweeted about thinking about taking Tesla private at 4.20 a share. He also tweeted, quote, Funding secured. This tweet would probably be his most consequential ever. We'll get to that. Mid-August, Google searched him, soars again, after a New York Times interview comes out where he talks about how 2018 has been, quote, the most difficult and painful year of my career, unquote. He had previously opened up about sleeping in the factory, working nonstop, hustling. August 21st, Musk shuts down his Instagram. August 24th, Musk publicly states in a company blog post that Tesla certainly will stay public. August 28th, Musk responds via tweet to a critic, saying, quote, You don't think it's strange he hasn't sued me? Unquote. That was August 28th. A letter dated August 6th would later show that actually that libel lawsuit against him for calling Unsworth a pedophile was being privately prepared as he tweeted that. Fun random fact, Vernon Unsworth's attorney would actually turn out to be Ellen Wood, a QAnon link conspiracy theorist. August 30th, Musk emails BuzzFeed, answering the request for comment about the whole pedo guy comment and subsequent libel suit. He requests his email responses stay off the record, but they don't, and the author tweets, quote, off the record is a two-party agreement, unquote, and he didn't agree to that. In these emails, Musk calls Unsworth, quote, a single white guy from England who's been traveling to or living in Thailand for 30 to 40 years until moving for a child bride who was about 12 years old at the time, unquote. 
the implication of dating a 12-year-old, that was actually probably planted by this guy we're about to talk about, who heard and then altered the comment that Unsworth's wife first met him when she might have been around 11 or 12. And he took that and said, she's a child bride, never mind the fact they didn't actually marry for years and years, and at this year, 2018, she was 40. Musk reportedly hired James Howard Higgins to do some private investigation and dig up some oppo research on Unsworth. Never mind the fact Higgins had become a convicted felon. He had confessed to stealing around $320,000 and then proceeded to steal more by redirecting company payments into his personal bank account. Higgins had actually just out of the blue cold emailed Musk saying, hey, I might have some dirt for you on Unsworth. Do you want my services? And he did. Also in August 2018, the bizarrest summer ever for him concludes with the Azalea Banks Instagram post spree about getting stuck at his house while he was busy with Grimes. She describes it as basically being trapped in his house with no one answering her. It was quite a live documentation of what she described as like a hostage situation. It was quite cinematic how she put it. Early September, Musk Google search interest rises yet again after he smokes live on Joe Rogan's podcast. His fans just loved this, how real he was for smoking on the show, despite the fact he only puffed one time during the whole two-plus-hour interview. Tesla stock dropped post-interview, and Musk later told 60 Minutes, quote, I do not smoke pot. As anybody who watched that podcast could tell, I have no idea how to smoke pot, unquote. This was also just coincidentally the same day Tesla's vice president announced their departure. September 2018, Unsworth officially files his defamation suit against Musk in an L.A. federal court. And news is made public that Musk has settled a lawsuit with the SEC. They had charged Musk with fraud for his tweet about taking Tesla private because he hadn't told any of the shareholders about that before tweeting it. Interestingly, as part of the settlement, he did not have to admit guilt. He did have to pay a $20 million fine, as did Tesla separately, and he had to make sure future social media posts of potentially sensitive information would be run by Tesla board members before posting. And he agreed to step down as Tesla chairman for the next three years. In follow-up interviews, Musk would go on to say he does not regret the SEC investigation prompting tweet. Miscellaneous stuff that happened in 2018 Ad Astra School enrollment is now around 30. Musk becomes a Royal Society Fellow. The Boring Company sells 2,000 flamethrowers, which are just all the rage in part thanks to YouTubers that are very popular, like David Dobrik. This is also the year Musk makes that deal with Tesla to be compensated based on valuation and revenue and not via salary. It is actually the largest deal ever of its kind between a CEO and a board. This is also the year The Boring Company announces plans to construct tunnels in LA, Chicago, and Baltimore. Musk shuts down his Facebook, saying he, quote, gets the willies from Facebook. And this is the year ProPublica would later reveal Musk paid zero federal income taxes. January 2019. All Tesla patents are officially made public, and a Gigafactory opening ceremony in Shanghai. Tesla is the biggest foreign investment in manufacturing Shanghai has ever made. March 2019, Musk receives an honor from the King of Thailand. Kimball decides to step down from Chipotle's board of directors. He just decided to not seek re-election in his position. And Musk releases a rap song 
called R.I.P. Harambe, a reference to the gorilla shot at a zoo, Harambe, under the SoundCloud name Emoji Records. It wasn't actually him, though. The rap was by Young Jake. It was written by Jake and Caroline Polachek, and actually produced by Blood Pop. June 2019. Musk faces a deposition, and he has to admit he transferred employees from solar work to working on Tesla Model 3s without disclosing that choice to shareholders. Subsequently, solar production dropped, and therefore a shareholder should have known he was going to make that value-decreasing decision, but he didn't. July 2019, Neuralink is open for business following $158 million in funding. Fall 2019, the Cybertruck is debuted, and Musk will later claim 200,000 people put in deposits for it within a week of the announcement. December 2019, Unsworth's defamation trial starts, with him seeking $190 million in damages. Musk argues during the trial that Pedo Guy is just a reference they made while he was growing up. Not a literal accusation, but just a comment about creepy old guys. He also kind of apologized again during the testimony in an unexpected pivot before going back to doubling down. The jury verdict is in by December 6th, and Musk is deemed not liable. This is also the month Elon tweets, quote, Just looked at my wiki for the first time in years. It's insane. BTW, can someone please delete investor? I do basically zero investing, unquote. Editors did proceed to grant his wish and alter his Wikipedia. Miscellaneous happenings in 2019, Musk becomes the longest-tenured CEO of an automotive manufacturer globally, he plays Elon Tusk on an episode of Ricky and Morty, and he has a cameo as an alien who appears on a monitor in an uncredited cameo in Men in Black International. At the start of 2020, Musk's net worth is $27 billion. January 2020. Musk releases an EDM song, this one he actually did write and sing himself, called Don't Doubt Your Vibe, your spelled letter U, letter R. This is also the month he becomes the last remaining defendant in a lawsuit related to that undisclosed transfer to Model 3 work from Solar, that move that led to some financial trouble for Solar City that shareholders didn't know about. Tesla as a company in court had settled, Musk had not. So now, he as an individual is left on his own as the last defendant remaining. March 2020, the Tesla Model 3 becomes the best-selling electric car in the world, selling over 500,000 units. And Musk offers to donate ventilators to third-world countries really struggling with COVID. He was criticized for this offer because he offered to donate BiPAP and CPAP machines, which he did, that cost around 500 each not the more in-demand IMV machines, which can cost around 50k each. And because he has the money, some hospitals were upset that he didn't offer the higher quality but more expensive alternative. This is also the month he tweets, quote, coronavirus panic is dumb, unquote. He also tweeted a prediction that the USA's COVID cases would be close to zero by the end of April 2020. He felt like the pandemic was really being overblown, people were overreacting, and he was really angry about restrictions on businesses, lockdowns and stuff. This is when, in an unusual show of disagreement, 
some Musk fans online start to separate themselves from him, or at least don't purely send messages of devotion, but they feel kind of betrayed by this mentality of, it's just like the flu, don't worry about it. They feel like his past posts have been, okay, they can shrug him off, but this was crossing a line to some people when he was tweeting trivially about working during COVID, pre-vaccines and everything, when we knew really not much at all about COVID and how it spreads and stuff. Musk had tweeted that Tesla stock prices were, quote, too high, IMO, unquote, which prompted a lawsuit. So in May, a judge stopped a lawsuit from continuing that had alleged that tweet had violated their previous agreement about running certain sensitive finance-related tweets about Tesla by them first. This is also the month Grimes and Musk's first baby is born, X-Ash A-12 which actually got changed to Roman numerals instead of the number 12, because California law does not allow characters that aren't in the modern English alphabet to be in someone's name. This is also the month Musk defies California lockdown restrictions on Tesla's Bay Area location. He reopens the factory and calls the lockdowns, quote, fascist. July 2020, he tweets, quote, pronouns suck, unquote, and gets a ton of backlash for doing so. August 2020, Musk buys a second private jet. November 2020, Musk tweets some skepticism surrounding how accurate COVID tests really are, and the internet kind of trolls him for it, and somehow Space Karen started trending on Twitter. This is also the month Musk briefly surpasses Zuckerberg to become the third richest person in the world. He would later surpass Bill Gates the following week, becoming the second richest. December 2020, Musk once again tweets several times mocking, clarifying your pronouns, again prompting backlash. Other stuff from 2020, construction began on a fourth gigafactory, this one in Berlin. Musk's net worth, compared to the start of the year, has increased by $150 billion. And Forbes gives him a philanthropy score of 1, because he had given at that point less than 1% of his net worth. Early 2021, Musk surpasses Bezos as the richest person in the world, but would only hold that spot for a month. This is also when a tunnel is completed by the Boring Company beneath the LA Convention Center. February 2021, Musk tweets at the Kremlin and requests a meeting with Putin. No meeting is officially arranged, but a spokesman said to the Washington Post, quote, Putin shows great interest in the topic of technology, innovation, and visionary ideas, and we are convinced that in this area, there are many extremely interesting topics for him to talk about with Musk. The president very much appreciates the opportunity to communicate with such visionaries, end quote. September 2021. Tesla stock surges after Musk is once again named richest person in the world. This is also the month he confirms rumors that him and Grimes split up. Well, he says, quote, semi-separated. October 2021, Musk tweets an idea for a school called the Texas Institute of Tech and Science. So its abbreviation would be TTs. He found that very funny. This is also the month Tesla becomes the sixth company in the U.S. in history to reach a trillion-dollar market capitalization, which basically means the total value of a company's shares. That's a huge, really good situation. November 2021. 
Musk tweets his idea to sell 10% of Tesla stock because, quote, much is made lately of unrealized gains being a means of tax avoidance, end quote. He proceeds the next week to sell 6.9, his favorite number 69, billion dollars worth of Tesla stock. That month, he also donates 5.7 billion of Tesla shares to charity, yet still that month, he is considered the first person to ever reach a net worth of $300 billion. Also that November, Musk tweets something rude at Bernie Sanders about forgetting that he was still alive. Bernie didn't even tweet at Musk, but Musk found a tweet about billionaires should give more money, basically, and pay more taxes, and Musk didn't like that. December 2021. A student pays $7,753 at an online auction to win papers graded by Musk himself back in his University of Pennsylvania days. This is also the month it will later be revealed that his second child with Grimes was born via surrogate. A daughter nicknamed Y, since their son is nicknamed X, full name Exa Dark Side Real Musk. He also makes news that month for his comments about finding the metaverse concept a bit dull, which probably threw some people, because people who are into the metaverse tend to be those who are into crypto like him, and just the overall concept of a new future, a new kind of world, thanks to our very online lives. But he posts, quote, sounds just kind of buzzwordy. Sure, you can put a TV on your nose. I'm not sure that makes you in the metaverse. I don't see someone strapping a friggin' screen to their face all day and not wanting to ever leave, unquote. Musk was named Time Magazine's Person of the Year for 2021 and got a ton of backlash for it. People thought he did not deserve that title. But also keep in mind, the Person of the Year award does not go to the best person of the year, but someone of huge influence on the culture, for better or worse. That's what it is. It's someone who kind of summarizes what that year was all about. I mean, even Hitler was Man of the Year back in 1938. and was written about with disdain and outrage, naturally. So it's not necessarily a good thing. He was called by the editor-in-chief, quote, perhaps the richest example of a massive shift in our society, unquote. Miscellaneous things happening in 2021 for him. Research is published with Musk's and SpaceX names on it, proving they had worked with a team of scholars and doctors on some COVID antibody testing research. Tesla stock prices rise, leading to Musk keeping his title of richest person in the world. By the end of this year, he does reach his initial offer of selling 10% of his Tesla shares, reaching $16.4 billion in stock sold. SpaceX launches the first ever mission out of Earth's orbit with a crew of zero pro astronauts, just all amateurs. This is also the year the Gigafactory corporate office relocates its headquarters from California to Texas. Musk said that California, quote, used to be the land of opportunity, and now it is becoming more so the land of sort of over-regulation, over-litigation, over-taxation, unquote. And this is the year the boring company quietly erases mentions of a D.C. and Baltimore project from its site. He had claimed years ago that he was working on a New York to D.C. hyperloop that would make stops in Philadelphia and Baltimore. But this was, quote, verbal government approval, unquote, and nothing more. So kind of misleading to have that government seal of approval statement on their site. January 2022. 
A trucker convoy in Canada gets the praise of right-wingers in the USA who are very anti-vax and like their protest of vaccine mandates. Musk tweets his support for the truckers again and again and again. He even compares Justin Trudeau to Hitler, posting a picture after Trudeau gave a gov order to block funding sources for the convoy truckers. And at the end of the month, Musk starts buying significant shares of Twitter. Also during January, Musk fans start building a half-human, half-goat statue of him in Arizona to promote their own crypto brand called Elon Goat Token. Presumably goats are the theme because they say Elon is the goat to them. They plan to travel across the country with their statue and then personally deliver the finished product to Musk, which is expected to cost around 500k to make. And they're not just trolling. These artists are serious. A 20k deposit was already given to the artist working on it. February 2022. The Wall Street Journal reports that both Elon and Kimball are under SEC investigation for potential insider trading regarding shares they sold at the end of 2021. This is based on a Twitter poll where Musk acted on the results of a Twitter poll about should I sell these shares? And the SEC investigation is based on does that constitute insider trading if you and Kimball behind the scenes had talked about, hey, our company value might be impacted by what I'm about to post, and then you posted the poll and that took place without shareholder knowledge. By March 14th, Musk has a 5% stake in Twitter. By April 1st, Musk becomes Twitter's largest shareholder with over 73 million shares and over 9% of Twitter shares overall, valued at $2.6 billion. April 4th, Musk announces he is joining Twitter's board of directors, but he ends up rescinding that position before it even officially starts. April 13th, Musk offers to just straight up buy Twitter for $43 billion. Quote, Twitter will neither thrive nor survive in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company, unquote. In response, a shareholder rights plan, what's called a poison pill plan, was hatched. Long, long, long story short, basically it's a business move when you make it extra hard and expensive to go through with purchasing said company. April 20th, Musk secures $46.5 billion to fund his purchase of Twitter. This funding he raised includes $12.5 billion in Tesla loans. April 25th, Twitter publicly announces they have agreed to Musk's offer, and the deal closes at $44 billion. Musk said, quote, Free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy, and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it, unquote. Interestingly, Musk's past public criticism of Twitter's free speech restrictions as he sees them have not really been about speech itself, but more about who's removed or censored, more about moderation policies than actual substance. He's also previously said, quote, Twitter should match the laws of the country, unquote. Instead of having universal moderation guidelines that apply the same everywhere, meaning countries less free speech tolerant should have stricter censorship laws, but he does defend free speech when governments start requesting the Starlink satellites he provided for Ukraine block access to Russian propaganda sources. 
He says, quote, we will not do so unless at gunpoint, unquote. April 26th. Musk loses $30 billion as a result of Tesla stock dropping by over $125 billion. In April, Musk's net worth sits around $252 billion, and Starlink has set up service for Ukrainians amid the Russian invasion. Ukraine's President Zelensky thanks Musk and says he hopes they work on more space-related projects post-war. The U.S. government actually paid for 1,330 of those Starlink terminals to be sent to Ukraine. And then Starlink went on to give many more, nearly 3,670. May 8th, Musk seemingly jokingly tweets he might, quote, die under mysterious circumstances, end quote, after a Russian space chief issued a statement condemning Musk's show of support to Ukraine with the Starlink service. He said, quote, for this Elon, you will be held accountable like an adult, no matter how much you'll play the fool, unquote. More from this year. To this day, Musk insists he is not regretful of his big SEC investigation prompting tweet years ago about taking Tesla private, and an ongoing shareholder lawsuit has revealed some text exchanges from that period of time around that post. He had texted the head of the Saudi Public Investment Fund about press coverage in a recently publicized text, Elon says, quote, This is an extremely weak statement and does not reflect the conversation we had at Tesla. You said you were definitely interested in taking Tesla private and had wanted to do so since 2016. I'm sorry, but we cannot work together. You are throwing me under the bus. This head of Saudi's PIF says, quote, It takes two to tango. We cannot approve something that we don't have sufficient information on. Read the article, please. Musk replies, quote, I read the article. It is weak sauce and still makes me sound like a liar. It is filled with equivocation and in no way indicates the strong interest you conveyed in person, unquote. This is also the year he has been elected a member of the National Academy of Engineering. As of recording time, a little over 270 companies are currently registered for trademarks under Musk's English or Chinese names. Musk's hunt for equity continues in his deal to purchase Twitter. This is a fast-changing situation, so I must clarify again, as of recording time, this is what's happening with his goal of buying Twitter. He is reportedly courting former owner Jack Dorsey to drop a few million for his cause. He continues to seek co-investors in part because that would help Tesla stock not plummet as much when the sale happens and he uses loans from Tesla. Because remember, his paycheck from Tesla uniquely has no salary, but it comes from the fluctuating valuation and revenue of the company. So far, he has sold $8 billion worth of Tesla stock to create over $21 billion needed for a cash purchase. Some of his co-investors he has raised over $7 billion from, so far, include Binance, Sequoia, Larry Ellison, a founder of the right-wing Oracle, who also happened to make an Iron Man 2 cameo, like Musk did, oddly, and is the 11th wealthiest person in the world, as well as Saudi Arabia's prince. Notably, Saudi Arabia does not have the free speech absolutism, as Musk put it, that Musk claims to. Around Friday the 13th, 
Musk decided to put the Twitter purchase on hold as he investigates claims that only 5% of Twitter users are bots, presumably because he claims one of the reasons he wanted to buy it was to deal with the big bot issue. So now he's maybe reassessing, but others say he's getting cold feet about it, second guessing it. After this tweet about the delay, Twitter stock plunged about 18%. But still, Musk's plan is to quintuple Twitter's revenue by 2028. As for where his personal life stands today, he is still no longer with Grimes and never talks to Justine. They're estranged. When she needs to talk to him regarding their kids, she talks through his assistant. But Justine says, quote, I will always respect the brilliant and visionary person that he is. I also can't regret the divorce, unquote. Next part of my big Musk breakdown of his story and why people love or hate him. Let's start with the critics, then move on to the praise. There are a couple big categories you could put the criticisms of Musk into. One is the environmental impact he's truly having, and some insist it's not what he says it is. There is his interest in cryptocurrency, which is very, very environmentally damaging. There's his use of fossil fuels with frequent flights on a private jet. He's also championed cars while not championing public transportation, insisting no one likes it. And, quote, there's like a bunch of random strangers, one of whom might be a serial killer. And so that's why people like individualized transport, unquote. Also, Although driving electric cars is good for the planet, the lithium-ion batteries that need to be produced to go into those cars use a lot of energy. And according to The Guardian, the average gas-powered car costs 5.6 tons of CO2 to make, but 8.8 tons to make the electric car, with half of that coming from the battery production itself. Some people also criticize his environmental efforts, saying these don't take into account social class just the richer people who are not as affected by climate change as the others anyway. I mean, the Cybertruck starting price is around $39,900, not affordable to many, many people. Then people have safety and product concerns. There have been deaths and injuries as a result of using Tesla's autopilot function. There's also been engineer backlash over the technicality, because Musk has insisted on calling his Teslas self-driving when that title does not technically match, they think. Musk has addressed these issues, saying, quote, The statistics that I think are at this point unequivocal, that there are far more accidents off autopilot than on autopilot. This is not to say that autopilot is perfect. We still obviously have a lot of work to do, unquote. Some also criticize his spacecraft technology, saying it's contributing to a space junk problem. It could hit and cause damage to other stuff up in space and blocks views of the sky they are trying to research. But Musk insists, quote, space is just extremely enormous and satellites are very tiny, unquote. And there are concerns, of course, with Neuralink, putting a device in your brain, and potential complications. Then there is the myriad of financial controversies. I haven't even brought up yet how Musk got in trouble when he failed to notify the SEC within 10 days of surpassing that 5% ownership in Twitter stock. After 5% ownership, he had 10 days to inform the SEC and did not, which violates a U.S. security law. Then there are employees who allege he fosters a toxic work environment, particularly at Tesla. 
A Center for Investigative Reporting reveal alleges that Tesla violates workplace safety standards and likely has a lot of undisclosed injuries, a higher injury rate than it appears. The investigation also highlighted that Tesla's injury rate back in 2017 was slightly above average despite the time, claims they were, quote, well on our way to an injury rate that's less than half of the auto industry, unquote. Actually, that exact same comment was made by him again the following year, without a change in the significant injury rate. He's also being alleged to have not given workers the break times they're required to get by law. There have been claims of sexism and misogyny, especially with a significant majority of workers there being men. There have been racial discrimination lawsuits. They even say there's been a culture of segregating black employees in comparisons to a slave ship. Some also took offense that Musk has called some employees the barnacles that need to be scraped off. And some were upset by his response, basically saying, take it, if you are called names. In an email to staff, he said, quote, In fairness, if someone is a jerk to you but sincerely apologizes, it is important to be thick-skinned and accept that apology, unquote. A Business Insider report talked to Tesla employees who claimed they were warned, don't walk past his desk, it will lead to, quote, wildfiring rampages. One of the workers who talked to them said he had two surgeries to address carpal tunnel and tendinitis in his hands. He credits his 12-hour shifts six days a week as the cause and compares his new role on only light-duty tasks to, quote, standing in front of the class with a dunce cap, unquote. There have been other serious permanent injuries on the job, and they allege it's because of being overworked, burned out, told to meet extremely fast deadlines, no matter what. Quite an interesting part of the report says, quote, A former production supervisor who left the company in 2019 said he almost got a divorce because he was spending so much time at work. He said working up to 70 hours per week was not unusual, unquote. But a Tesla spokesman has responded saying, quote, production will never take precedence over safety, unquote. Again, a last straw for some supporters was his posts that were anti-lockdown in belittling the risk of COVID because engineers were, at the time, literally risking their lives to go to work when he reopened factories before health experts said he should. One scientist who used to be a huge Musk fan had to unfollow him because of those posts, saying, quote, Calling someone a bad name or insulting someone without evidence is obviously bad, but I think nothing compares to taking human life lightly. It's like one of those hero characters in movies where he works on a grand mission and then he loses sight of it and thinks vulnerable people are expendable, unquote. It is important to remember when big milestones are made at Tesla, then Musk likes to say he did it, but there is a whole team of engineers that technically did it. Then there are critics of his online activity, the juvenile humor, lashing out at journalists, criticizing people directly, targeting them in ways that lead to threatening messages against them. His fans online will just send so much hate to the people he singles out. The unpredictability of his posts. I mean, he's making big investigation prompting news via tweets. One of the writers who has opened up about this has said she lost a lot of opportunities for reporting because her email inbox got so crammed to the gills with hate messages that to filter it out and actually get to the business opportunities, the pitch opportunities, she failed to do that at times and missed out on valuable messages as a result. 
One person who wrote for the Daily Beast about her experiences with Elon's fans attacking her and basically wrote an open letter saying, Elon, please recognize your impact and the responsibility that comes with it. Musk replied, quote, I've never attacked science. Definitely attacked misleading journalism like yours, though, unquote. Musk actually criticized the piece, as did his followers, about their past behavior. So they just repeated it. And he actually went out of his way to criticize the Daily Beast editor-in-chief while he was at it. Interestingly, an Engadget reporter, a man, was asked what people said when he wrote about Elon calling him dumb and dangerous. Apparently, he got very little pushback compared to days or weeks of hateful messages, threats, etc. directed at female reporters. That ties into another criticism, the alpha male attitude of his supporters and him. Obviously, not painting them all with a broad brush, but this is a real issue. Some interesting anecdotes Justina said about him. One is that during their wedding reception, Musk said to her as they danced, quote, I am the alpha in this relationship, unquote. As well as, quote, Elon's judgment overruled mine, and he was constantly remarking on the ways he found me lacking. I'm your wife, I told him repeatedly, not your employee. If you were my employee, he said just as often, I would fire you, unquote. Let's talk about Musk fans now, and then I will share my take on what I think they see in him, despite all I just mentioned. I looked at tons of examples of times Musk fans went on the record describing why they idolize him. There aren't many more than what I could find. The pool is quite small, because this is a group of people who agree with Musk about distrust of the media, enjoying anonymity online, things like that. But I sifted through and picked examples of a variety of people who are self-proclaimed musketeers and interesting quotes they've told reporters about why that is. Fan number one, meet Keith, a 27-year-old video game developer from Seattle. He saved up for six years to be able to afford a deposit on a Tesla Model 3. A notable quote, even though the guy seems insane at times, there's a super genius aspect behind him and his beliefs. Steven, a 40-year-old real estate investor from Astoria, quote, There was this young guy who wanted to go out to space. It sounds like something a little kid would say, like, I want to have my own company and go out to space, but he's really making it happen. John, a 33-year-old dad who works in technology, he runs a Twitter account called Tesla Owners, Silicon Valley, and drives a Tesla himself. He also bought a pair of the shorts Elon sold that say sexy on the butt that sold out in five minutes, and planned to wear them to a Tesla shareholders meeting with a group of friends as a quote, screw you to short sellers. John appreciates how he viewed Musk as standing up for California workers' interests when he violated the law during COVID lockdowns and reopened the factory there. Quote, he showed up at the factory to get arrested if the cops came. I'm not saying he's a Mother Teresa, but he definitely cares about his employees. Ray, a 50-year-old writer and educator who moderates the massive musketeer forum on LinkedIn. Truly, LinkedIn is where it's at for these musketeers. A notable quote is, it was a beautiful thread reflecting on a social media conversation the group had had about the ideal location for a South American spaceport. They spent about three hours online dissecting the options and determined it would be a small island off of Brazil's coast. Luis, 
a college student from Texas, has visited SpaceX and has written about Musk and Tesla for several school projects. Notable quote, if he says, don't worry guys, by April we won't have cases, people are going to say, this is Elon Musk. He must know the best doctors. He must know the best people. He must have done the best research before saying that. Vivian a German student studying product design who flew in from Germany to California to watch an Elon interview. Notable quote, Tesla was the first stock I ever invested in. I felt I had to support the company, especially given the short sellers. I don't do this to get a profit or a job. I do this because I love the company. Galileo, who runs a YouTube channel all about Tesla investing called HyperChange TV. Quote, I think the Wall Street complex is crumbling. People don't listen to analysts anymore because they were wrong on one of the biggest, most disruptive companies in this era. Murray, a 39-year-old artist from Illinois who made a book called Tweeting Me Softly, consisting of Musk tweets. She says she first got really interested in Musk back in 2016 after she watched an interview. And this was actually a common response I saw after watching an interview where he got emotional about struggling to fulfill SpaceX's initial ambitions. She says she was in a fragile place mentally when stumbling upon this interview, and it gave her hope. Quote, I realized, like, this is why I haven't made a whole lot of progress with my own career, my own endeavors, because I haven't been seeing the whole picture. I've just been seeing what humanity has been doing wrong and not what we've been doing right. Later on, quote, getting us away from fossil fuels, getting us away from the addiction to oil, a bigger complete vision of where we're going as a species and helping people remember progress is good and it doesn't have to be this terrible thing. She's also accused journalists of cherry-picking anecdotes about him to portray him negatively. Quote, they use them as weapons, and it's inappropriate because what he's doing is dire and essential for human survival. Sometimes media is there to really stop what he's doing. As a supporter of what he's doing, I've become enraged because this is my future too, and this is my planet too. Jim, a 65-year-old musician and producer who made a song called The Future Smells Like Elon Musk to celebrate SpaceX Falcon heavy rocket launch. Quote, we need to have that exploratory spirit instilled in us, especially with young people, because the world feels very full. It's like getting in a car with too many passengers, and we need to look outward to feel a sense of release from a planet that feels full of people. He goes on to say, quote, people are just dying to see the human race do something constructive and inventive and adventurous. Corey, a 28-year-old IT specialist from Wisconsin who first got into Musk after watching a 60 Minutes interview where again he got emotional, talking about his space ambitions and how he'd had them since he was a little kid. Quote, that passion reminded me of what I felt when I first saw Star Wars. He also said, although some critiques of Musk could be valid, quote, sometimes the more extreme title gets more clicks, gets more ad revenue, keeps you in business. Bonnie, a 64-year-old former Intel executive, an early Tesla investor, a moderator of an online forum, Tesla Motor Club, and a previous hostess of a yearly party exclusive to fellow Tesla owners. Notable quote, I've never seen any company before that or since where every single person had bought into the CEO's mission statement. 
She also says, although some corners of Musk love on the internet have posted misogynistic stuff, she views that as just about being a woman in engineering period, not related specifically to the Musk fandom. Quote, it's not whether you're for Tesla or against Tesla, it's the fact you're a woman and you're not in your lane. Martin, who moved his family to Nevada to work for Tesla, and he's a former Gigafactory technician who was sued by the company for allegedly hacking and stealing computer secrets. He's become disillusioned as a fan. Quote, I looked up to Elon. I looked up to Tesla. I was always drooling about the Teslas and wanting to buy one, and I was living the mission to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. He then viewed the inner workings of making Teslas as not as eco-friendly as he expected, unsustainable production methods, wasteful ones. Quote, I wanted to leave the world better for my son, and I felt I was doing everything but that. Andrew, a 30-year-old writer from Massachusetts who first got interested in Musk after he started naming his rockets after ships from Culture, a sci-fi book series. He became disillusioned after hearing about the anti-union comments and the Tesla factory injury rate. Quote, when I first learned about him, he was building a future that I'd only ever read about. Now, he's self-evidently a thin-skinned racist buffoon who's high on his own farts. His behavior is such that not only do I no longer like him, I'm ashamed for ever having liked him in the first place. Kevin a metal artist who is one of the people currently working on the half-human, half-goat statue of Elon Musk. Quote, I think Elon is an amazing individual, well ahead of most of us, in terms of thinking and inspiring people to create and think outside the box. He is without a doubt the Nikola Tesla of our modern era. Unquote. Danny, the designer of the half-goat statue. Quote, I purchased a Tesla nine years ago and own multiple cars from Tesla. I believe he is doing great things to push technology forward, and I love his sense of humor. Lastly, Pavel, a bartender from Moscow. He created what he calls the cocktail for Mars. Once we get to Mars, that will be the go-to drink. With his mixology talent, he has tried to get Musk's seal of approval to make this the cocktail of Mars. The social media campaign he has started to get Musk's attention as of recording time has not gotten a direct response online. But it has presumably been the catalyst for a new job posting SpaceX has online for a spaceport mixologist. Notable words from him? Quote, probably the decisive thing that inspired me to follow Musk is when he said that you shouldn't be afraid of failure. His view seems to be that if you make a mistake, you get experience and learn from it and won't make it again. Unquote. There's also just a ton of online anonymous fan activity. His Wikipedia page has grown to 3,240 contributors. It's like a freaking encyclopedia. There's the LinkedIn Musketeer community, which has grown to over 13,000 members in under two years. An Elon subreddit currently has over 210,000 followers. There is even a Google Plus group dedicated to Musk, specifically dedicated to, quote, getting the real Elon Musk more active on Google Plus, unquote. As of recording time, that group has over 6,600 members. Here are the big takeaways I take from this whole thing. Everything I've laid out about why Musk is so popular. Besides just that he really is in the news for everything. 
There's a Musk story for tech people, people into business, economics, marketing, people from other parts of the world, people interested in international relations, people that daydream about the sort of sci-fi concepts he actualizes, people who are really into protecting the environment and wanting to live an eco-friendly life, people who resist listening to mainstream media and don't trust any of that mainstream stuff and are seeking alternate sources of information and ideas that don't fit into a clear box politically or in any other way. Some people gravitate towards his story of grit. They don't focus on his wealthy upbringing. They focus on his days of sleeping in a factory and really, really working on coding, Tesla work, whatever he's doing, giving it his all. They look at that hustle and think, if I can do that, I can be as successful as him someday. There are people who are attracted to the tabloid elements of his life, his famous relationships. Some people just keep up with current events and they can't stop hearing about him and what his companies have been up to. So the fascination with him makes sense for a lot of reasons. But I've tried to summarize those reasons into a couple of categories. One is him being childish. Now hear me out. He really still acts on the answers to the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? With the answers that a little kid would have. I want to move to Mars. I want to create my own special tunnel for my car to drive through. I want to launch rockets. I want to do all this stuff. And a lot of these fans seem to like that side of Musk, the side that's just going to not feel jaded and an adult, not focused on the headspace of, I'm grown now, I see what's possible, I'm going to slow down, do work more bureaucratically by the book. He doesn't do that. And some people are really drawn to that. Also, frankly, there is an audience for his juvenile humor. The way he disses people online, his $69 shorts, his trampoline joke, just a bunch of off-putting comments to say the least. There's a market for that. People love those jokes. And it's kind of made his online presence primed for this very online era we're living in. His stuff is kind of bound to go viral because of that. And as much as some people might think his juvenile humor comes across as cringy or just dumb, others just think that's a good thing. They like that he's not putting on airs and not like a pretentious type of annoying Silicon Valley type. There are different types of hot-headed, but he's not the type of hot-headed where you think you're so cool. Or maybe he is, but the fact he he's still obsessed with sci-fi, he's still into the stuff he was into at age 10 and younger, really into gaming, stereotypically nerdy stuff. People who are stereotyped as nerds like his example and they like that they see him as not succeeding despite, but because of his quote-unquote nerdy interests. They like that he didn't have to pretend or change who he was to make it in life. So that's one category. His juvenile humor and his kind of childish, uncool personality. Some people really gravitate to that. And anytime you call him a nerd, you're just emboldening the fans to defend him more. Second main reason why I see so much love for him from fans is because they truly believe in his mission. And because he's kind of encouraged them to not read any negative press, not read a lot of press, period, don't trust the media, they don't read about maybe the Tesla crashes. They just read stories about the ways Tesla is making driving so much more eco-friendly. 
Maybe they're not reading the stories about toxic workplaces. They're just reading articles that include his apology statement or articles about the ways he's saving the world by sending his own mini-sub to Thailand to rescue a youth soccer team. So people do love the values they see him championing. Conservation, staying ahead of the tech revolution, staying adaptive to the modern world. People see his vision as a way to find security in a future that otherwise seems unlivable and hard to grapple with. The third main reason I see people being drawn to him is because I think they just really, really like that he does what he says he'll do. Or he tries to. Because truly, in some ways, I think it is that simple. Do you know how many times people have heard politicians or other people in positions of power, any adult in your life, actually, anyone who's in charge, any boss, people make hollow promises, they claim they care about this or that issue, but don't do anything concrete to show they mean it. People are so used to empty words, empty promises, and so people just like that he's caught trying. Then maybe not all of his rockets actually launch effectively, but he did get to the point where he is actually launching rockets. The way he's trying to actualize his goals is a level of commitment and proof of honesty in your true interests and values that people just don't see in others. So I think those are the reasons why his following has been described as incredibly loyal. It's not actually as confusing as it might seem. They're attracted to what he represents more than anything specific he's doing. They see him as shaking up the system, changing the status quo, making them feel like our future is guaranteed to be better and survivable post-climate apocalypse and stuff. People also see in him a young version of themselves and appreciate his ambition. They really also view him as this poster child of sorts for thriving. I link to on my site an interesting series of interviews Wired did with over a dozen young startup founders, millennials and Gen Z, about who inspires them. More than half cited Elon Musk. And they often did reference his stories of the grind, the years before he got so, so rich, as they see it, his underdog years. Really interesting excerpt from that piece. Quote, others mentioned techno-optimists who seem to believe that technology can solve the world's biggest problems or entrepreneur philanthropists with lesser-known startups. None of them had read a book about the history of Apple, Google, or Amazon. They said they were more inspired by forward-looking companies trying to solve the world's biggest problems. Unquote. I just think he's... He was destined to be popular because that's where culture's headed, whether you like it or not. That's where society is headed. Generations growing up craving a higher purpose, a sense they're freaking saving the world, doing something on a grand scale, giving back meaningfully. Purpose-driven companies are where the appeal is now. Younger generations want to feel like they're fulfilling a greater potential with their work and investing in a future worth having. Or they just view this turbulent time to grow up as a reason to spend more time doom scrolling. And in that case, they like Musk for the juvenile joke. So either way, people are drawn to his presence, what he represents depending on what they're looking for. I'll make sure to link to on my site where you can read Alexei Fursov as well, a founder of sociology research who wrote a report about why Elon is so big in Russia. I know this is very interesting now in the context of him assisting Ukraine, giving them sterling technology. But anyway, quote, he became a bright antithesis to Russian capitalism, a guide on how you can get rich in the right way and how you can spend the money you've earned in the right way. 
The Russian environment could not produce this cult-like figure, and it is an easy import because Musk is not associated with some Wall Street billionaire. He is not a Native American, and he engages with Russia, so he is not perceived as a stranger. In this image is important to a stratum of people who are in need of one." Unquote. Also really interesting that in 2021, there were about 200 Teslas in Russia, despite zero charging stations or official Tesla sales to Russia yet. So I hope I helped put into context his global appeal or disgust, however you feel about him, why people can't stop talking about him. I hope I helped kind of break that down for you and just teach you some interesting things about him along the way. More culture-shaping figures I will certainly be talking to you about on upcoming episodes, so stay tuned. But that's all for me for now. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you all again soon. Bye, everybody.